Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Welcome into the House of L podcast. I am Lawrence Holmes, and I am so happy that you are about to hear this episode right here. Episode 66 of the podcast. I'm not going to belabor it. I'm going to get on to the getting on and let you hear Jason Goff, who is our guest this week. But I wanted to tell you how the podcast came together. Jason reached out to me and was like, yo, how you going to have me crying on the episode last year and then not invite me back on when things are going great? And I was like, that's an excellent point. So I wanted to invite Jason on and he came over and we spent an afternoon talking about all sorts of stuff, including um, our frustration with people not changing their listening habits. The people who say that they love listening to us and then being like, hey, whatever happened to Jason Goff? You mean other than the three national shows that he's doing every day? Other than that, although I am still trying to convince Jason that he needs to do his own podcast. Look, he's welcome here anytime because when Jason's on the podcast, people listen, but He should have his own podcast where he could do all of his stuff and he doesn't have to worry about me getting in the way. It's always a blast to have Jason on. He's one of the most talented broadcasters in America. He's my favorite talk show host. And he's doing great stuff over at Big Ten Network. He's been there, man, almost a year. He and Anthony Heron do a morning show over there, and it's terrific. 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., and while it's on the Big Ten Network, they kind of talk about everything, which is cool. And then he's doing more stuff on ESPN, and you'll hear us talk about that. He just signed a a deal with ESPN National. So he's been doing some of the stuff with Sarah Spain. He's been working on a couple different shows, and I imagine that his role – is going to expand over there because the more you hear Jason, the more you're like, ah, we should probably have more of Jason. So this is us talking about all of that stuff, like all of the great things that are happening with him and obviously talking about fatherhood with with his son, Jace, who's just adorable and fun. And you will hear what Jason is up to. And hopefully 
It'll spur you on to seek out the stuff that he's doing. You love Jason, right? Then listen to his show. Plural. Here's me and the goth. Right, let me turn this gosh darn phone off first. <laughs> you can keep wanna, it on. No, I don't want it. Doesn't matter. Yeah, no, 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 no. Way too many times and, and bullshit in my life these days. <laughs> I got like, I, everybody's got like a different ring. I, I sound like the fucking ice cream man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh, have we started? <laughs> well, you know how it is. I just start recording yeah, my and, man. <laughs> and things happen. Hey, welcome back. <laughs> back like we never left, right? I know. I know. How are you doing? I'm uh I'm as good as I've been in a very long time, my brother. Um things are things are where they're supposed to be in my life. Um you know, there's been a lot of changes over the last couple of years and you know, I just got all like I know I'm okay because I'm in the feeling of worrying about something bad happening because things are good. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm in that stage where I'm wait every morning. You know, I wake up, you know, say thanks to the most, and then I'm like, all right, the run has to stop today. Like <laughs> I have to, there has to be something that's going to trip us up today. But you know, I always go to bed with um with nothing having tripped me up throughout the day. So things have been good, man. So, okay, before we go too far down the road, can you? What's up? What's wrong? It just annoys. Okay, this this is something that really annoys me. Oh, I know. (laughs) It's not about you. Like, you didn't do this, but people do this in conjunction with your career. Oh, yeah. It really bothers me that people be like, man, you know, I really, I miss Jason. (laughs) And I'm like. I'm hard to miss these days. I listen to Jason every morning. <laughs> like I listen to him every morning. Yeah, yeah, why? Why is it? Do, do you think that people don't change their listening habits for people that they really enjoy? I think. I think it's a subsection of people um, who are locked into the rhythms of how they consume what we do. Right. So. You know, podcasts. I'll never forget when the Barrett Sports Media Conference was here a couple of years ago, and it was shortly after I got let go, and I was supposed to speak on a panel about diversity. And Sarah and I kind of made our acquaintance then. Uh, after I was off that panel, and Zampillo and I were talking, and um, Jason Barrett was doing a a a thing on podcasts, and he said uh, they're coming. And I looked at Dan, I'm like, nah, they've been here for a while. And I think when you think, and no shade to Jason, but I think, like, thinking about people who are in this industry and in this business, you know, there's a lot of guys who are a step behind. I think the people who are a step behind are light years ahead of the people who are consuming it, right? So either you've got a subsection of consumers who know this is where I can catch you, this is where I want to go if I really rock with you, and, uh-oh, he's not in this He's not in this platform that I'm used to consuming him in, so he's gone, or I miss him, or you know, because I put it on. I, I retweet my producer's uh, tweet every morning. Um, I'm on Monday through Friday. I'm on three nights a week on ESPN Radio, you know, ESPN app. Like, there's a bunch of ways you can get me. Saturday mornings, I have my show on ESPN Radio every Saturday, unless and I'm preempted. Sunday night, yeah, Sunday you're night on television. Final, yeah, yeah, yeah. So for the last. Um, what some pretty much since my birthday, somewhere around, somewhere around my birthday, I've had like two or three days off. So if you're missing me, you're doing you're doing a damn good job of trying to miss me. Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> I'm kind of running into into some of the same stuff just from a a time change thing. Yeah, where people say, well, you know, I'm used to listening to you at night. Yeah, I'm like, if you want, you could actually still do that. Right. 
You could listen to I, I've podcast now show. I've decided that I want to call that archive because I feel like this is a podcast and what we do with actual show content. Yes, it it technically falls under the the podcast mm-hmm. umbrella, but I think it's probably more accurately described as an archive. Yeah, because I because a lot st- of stuff is evergreen too. Right, right. I feel stupid about pushing because I have like a hundred podcasts now, so. <laughs> and I, I really do. And I feel stupid like pushing people to and then saying the show that I'm on right. is also a podcast. Right. I've got to figure out some sort of differentiation here. Um, just do them in different voices. Welcome to <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> I was going to name the producer you sounded like just now. <laughs> Rick Camp? No, 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 no. Rick gets beat up enough. He can't take that anymore. He's doing really great on hey, my show. Hey, I'm I'm proud of Rick. I am proud of Tony. I since I have been a part of this family, and I still consider myself like a distant cousin now. But I have always rooted for dudes to to blow up like to do exactly what they want to do in the vein they want to do it and have fun doing it and those two guys you know there's a lot of guys who get chances and kind of plateau those two guys have have risen to the occasion you know and and with heat on their neck too Mm -hmm. like that's the other thing like i think sometimes we get caught up in having fun or being down in the dumps or whatever the case may be and you don't realize that like there's other people out there that want your job too so uh, I kudos to those two dudes. I, I got a lot of respect for what Tony and Rick have done. Tony is a fascinating character study. Tony's an idiot. Tony's an idiot. Uh, he's it's my true. man, fifty grand. But Tony's a, Tony's a stone cold fool. He and is. He is locked into his ways only the way an old black man would be. It, and he's a young black man. That's what I don't yeah. get. So I, Tony, so Tony hates himself as well. By the way, I, I mean, I because uh, I that's it, what old black men are supposed to do. But I also don't <laughs> get it. But like, I get that that, and I joke today that when growing up. Growing up in Roseland, we never went north, ever. I I had no relationship with the north side of Chicago until I got to college. Oh, really? Until I got to DePaul. Like we, my nice. brother went to DePaul, so I knew a little bit about it. Right. But I never spent any time. Like my parents weren't taking us to restaurants on on the north side. We were going to the Tropical Hut. Let's go over, Let's over go. on Stony Island, hanging out on Blue Island. That mm-hmm. was that was the fanciest thing that we would ever. I can May, dig it. Maybe we would go to Carson's once oh, a year. Yes, Carson's ribs. It went. I knew. Something had just happened at my dad's job or elsewhere that we were at Carson's Ribs hanging out. I put on my finest, my finest, you know. To go eat ribs. Oh, dude, kidding me? And and the ribs were decent. They were decent. They were, they were they, Yeah, they were decent. But I always liked that they had uh, the steak fries. Like, that was like the one place I was like, ooh. I'm a steak fry guy, too. These people who are like... You know, Chance came out and was like, if you're eating steak fries, you might as well just like eating a whole potato like an apple. I'm like, nah, Chance, this ain't going to rock. Like, you're usually spot on with your assessments. This is one where you're you're blaspheming to the to the height, and don't let me catch you in the street with this steak fry. Yeah, he's uh, way off on yeah, that. Yeah, he's ridiculous. I hope Taylor doesn't. Hope Taylor doesn't ascribe to that foolishness as well. Steak fries are where it's at. Shout out to Taylor Bennett. I saw him at Ravinia last year, and he was great. No, he's a super talented kid. So he's a grown man. He's a super talented dude. Uh, I saw him at the Nike Speakeasy uh, a couple of years ago, and he was, you know, Chance came, and everybody like had a lot of a lot of Chicago media was there. Cam Smith and you know, Sarah and myself and Chris Kason, a lot of people, and uh, they were they were unveiling the new Air Max, 
And Chance was there. I'm like, oh, why is Chance here? And then Taylor just bust on the stage and killed it, man. He is a he's an extremely, extremely talented individual. You brought up Sarah Spain a couple times. Can we talk about her for yeah, a minute? Yeah, yeah, the commish. Yeah, the, yeah. The, I, I I love that you guys have kind of teamed up. <laughs> like it, it, it's like a it's like a, when two superheroes like don't know about each other right. and then they realize and they're like oh yeah. we sh- we should like be on the same team or yeah. something like that well that's that's you know she's i'll say this during the time uh that everything was happening um sarah was very helpful and very vocal on my behalf and so was bomani jones and you know when i when i signed the deal uh, i mentioned them in the tweet because both of them you know, Justin Craig was was familiar with my work because sure. he was the WMVP, he was a 1,000 program director for all those years. So he he knew of me, he knew about me, he knew about my work, and those two put in words that they didn't have to put in. Like we were already down the road, but that kind of cemented it. And when there was a guest spot open up on her show, um, she put my name in there again, and this is how it happens. And you know, the the summer will you know there'll be no more news, but. Um, yeah, Sarah's Sarah's good people. Uh, Sarah's firm. Sarah is strident. Sarah is measured. Sarah is an organized person. And these are some of the things that I lack in terms of, you know, like I just sometimes and I've this my my time at ESPN has shown me things that for sixteen years I didn't work on. Like what? Um. Because I don't know if there would be anyone who would describe you as someone who's not a worker. No, no, yeah, but that's the thing. Like, you can do an exercise, and someone shows you how to do an exercise, and you really you really maximize the potential of that muscle. And I think that's what's happened over the last year and a half with me. Um, there would be times where I got caught in feeling like I was grinding through segments. It was because I was. Um, and now I'm not trying to prove how smart I am every segment. And I think sometimes we take the fun out of things, right? You know me, I can have fun with the best of them, but it was either like a fun segment with me or a segment where we were breaking it down. And now I've kind of I've kind of relaxed. Um, Sarah loves a thesis. Sarah does not want to go into a segment without a thesis. And you know me, I'm like, hey, let's just talk, right, and see where we get. So I think she's the perfect balance for me, and I think I'm a decent balance for her, even though she doesn't need it. Um, she is she is a she is a hard working. Young lady, man, she is like uh, when she's not flying to Miami or flying to Bristol, she's doing the that's what she said podcast. She's doing the the South Bitch sessions with um Dan Levitar show. Like it's it's you talk about somebody who works. Like I I thought I worked. That woman is she is a she is a superhero. Is is correct in your assessment? Um, and her her husband Brad uh, allows not allows, but he supports her so that she doesn't have to worry about. You know, home not being right. You know what I mean? That, that that's very important. Um, you know, I've always like I've for me, either my professional life was right or my personal life was right, and it's never really been, never really met. You know, in the last seventeen, eighteen years, and I think finally I've gotten to the point where, you know, this job became fun for me again. Even when I was here, uh, when I was with the score, that that last go round, it was. It was fun because I was doing what I wanted to do, but there were too many moments where it was just the, the situation just didn't motivate new thought and fun in me and inspire me to do other things. Being pushed out there 
and saying, hey, what you going to do, <laughs> right? I found out, like, what I could do. I found out that I could do all these things and not need as much sleep as I thought I needed and, you know, just just pushing the boundaries and pushing the limits. And it wasn't even, you know, you, you, you see people or hear people say, like, oh, man, you got all those jobs and, you know, how are you doing this? It wasn't, it wasn't about eating. It wasn't about paying bills. It was about trying to figure out what was next in my life. So I, I never wanted to be in a position ever again where someone could dictate to me where I was going to be heard or how I was going to be heard. Um, and I think the ESPN thing has been so natural because they understand that I, you know, I'm, I'm marginally talented and I'm going to be there every time the bell sounds. You know, I don't take days off. Uh, I come with new stuff. I rack my brain at night trying to figure out how to how to do something different than I'd heard a bit done before or that I did it before. So it's been a perfect, perfect marriage, perfect relationship. And I've gotten feedback. I've gotten, you know, I've gotten criticism. I've gotten advice. Like I've taken all the things because it's a new it's a new play yard. Right. It's a new school. Got to figure out who's who. Yeah. And- yeah. And, and there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of people who want that vibe, like want that situation there are people who are been t- tenured who are like you know what's like what's going on here and you got to keep that in your head too you can't can't waste a segment you know you can't tease 57 things going into a break because that's 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 word diarrhea like the the efficiency with the way i have to speak now and hitting hard outs because you're mm-hmm. on a national clock and you know verbal fonting addressing people because guests aren't just here four hours a day. You know, these are the things that you're fighting for on a national scale every single segment. You know, people are in their cars for 10 minutes, 12 minutes, whatever the case may be, especially for the national radio. You know, it's a lot of people in rental cars and things like that. They got a lot of options, especially on Sirius, the things that I've learned on Sirius as well. So, you know, it's always good to um, expand, you know, what you thought you were decent at. And try to challenge yourself. It's like setting a new meter, right? Because you used to, you used to, you know, if you're used to doing a certain exercise, after a while, the exercise becomes easy. And I think just the right, right time, the radio guys was like, "Hey, things a little too easy in your life. Let's let's try to figure things out." They know I wasn't going to quit, so you know, the radio guys, it is. <laughs> I I don't uh, I don't want this to sound insulting because it's not meant this way. I've always felt that you were better suited as a national talk show host. And it has to do with your level of preparation. Like, you know everything. (laughs) You're watching everything. And sometimes I felt like, you know, Jay doing a local show is like, he could could do that with his eyes closed. And you always, I've always felt like you're a national dude. Like, I... I'm a local MC. No, all right? no Jay. I'm 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 good with being a local Cut MC. I'm okay with being a local <laughs> MC. But you were in my mind, you were never like just a local dude. So has doing a national show freed you up? Because yeah, yes, you love talking college football. You couldn't really do that at the score. Like that's not something that we do. Right. We definitely don't do right. it well. Right. I mean, I was doing it. <laughs> you don't do it well. Uh, I was, you know, um, I don't know. I don't know, man. I I, uh, I just try not to get caught up out there, right, and having that 
be a part of me since I was a kid. Whereas, you know, conversations were never, they were never like challenges or fights or, you know, arguments, but I just always wanted to be sharp. I always wanted to know what I needed to know and have the names that I needed to have and watch the game that I needed to watch. And it hasn't changed. Um, we get back to the personal life part, <laughs> like even through, you know, the pregnancy of my son and, you know, and, and the birth of my son and all the complications, like I was always like, all right, but I do have to do this work. I do have to get back. You know, I've got to watch these games. And I know, I mean, I'm working, be working tomorrow, but I got to get back. Like, I, I, the, whose holiday was it not too long ago on the Easter? Um, Might have been Easter. Yeah. It was uh, Mother's Day. I, um. I was like, I got to get back. You know, this is fun times hanging with the family, but I got to get back. I got I to gotta do what I have to do. And I just like talking to people, man, because I don't talk to people in my everyday, right? So when I'm off the air, I shut down. But when I'm on the air, it's fun. So now it's like you get to talk to new friends. You get to talk to new people. You get to talk to new guests who you build bonds with. Um, but you all also you want to you want to have you want to have a decent knowledge base. But you always had like a national portfolio too. Like you weren't just like, well, let's get the beat writer on that covers yeah, the Cubs. Yeah. You were talking to people who were covering the NBA or were covering college football. So it, does it play better to your skill set to be able to occasionally look? Maybe you want to talk hockey. Mm-hmm. That that now you have a platform where. It's more acceptable to do that than it is in local radio, especially in a market like Chicago. Where- um, yeah, because it's, it's it's more focused, right? Like you, the 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 I don't want to say the dog days of sports radio, but the the tough days when you have to talk about something local because it's local. Those that could be tough, but those are the segments that you know so a lot of fun can come out of it. Whereas on the national scale, there's always there's always news, right? And there's always something happening. And they want you to push the news. They want you to react to the news. They want you to forecast what's going to happen next. You know, they don't want you living in the past too long. Either on the Saturday show, the weekly show that we do, there's a lot of stuff that happens on Mondays and Tuesdays that I love to get to. And I put it on the Google document that we all share. And we fill up the space with, with, with topics. And by the time Thursday rolls around, we're busy deleting stuff mm. because we know that it's not going to be timely. And, and our consumer is going to want it in a different way. Whereas at, you know, at the, at the score, you can mess around and talk about something you talked about a week ago and it'd be okay because these the, the the consumer is still in that vibe of, oh, yeah, I remember that a week ago and, you know, I brought, you did bring that up. So the, the relationship is just different. Um, the skill set, I man, I couldn't even tell you what my skill set was in the beginning or to, to, to start out with. I, I've never been um, like an orthodox host, right? That's true. So... Like I've always thought, you you read it, you watch it, you speak it, you form your opinion somewhere along the line, and people are like a lot of, and I know I'm the old dude now because kids are <laughs> DMing me like, hey Mister, <laughs> what can I do to be in radio? And I'm sitting there like, hey man, I'm 19, stop asking me that. <laughs> and then like, right, right, right. Then I go look in the mirror and I'm out here tweezing, you know, in groans. So man. Like, <laughs> When, the, when we were here for, for Barrett's thing and I was talking with Zampillo, it, I said to him, I said, you know that there's like a yeah, there's like a the generation gap. There's a group of kids that like listen to me and Z for sure. that now have shows. Rami Makluf in Minnesota on ESPN 1500 used to listen to the me and Z show. That's crazy, right? And like and Z's like, 
people were listening to us be stupid. I'm like, that's it. yes, that's it, and and they and enjoying enjoyed it. it and enjoying it. Um, the first time that I ever ran into Danny Parkins was when I was uh, when I was at Sirius XM. We were covering the Super Bowl in Phoenix, and I was on a stage, right? And the stage Sirius throws a whole bunch of money around for the Super Bowl because that that's where they their sponsors they are. They threw a lot of money around at the Hall of Fame. I was yeah, shocked. No, Sirius does not play any games. That's why when you know people ask about your money, I'm like, hey, we ain't holding no code drives at the crib. Uh, but. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> Does it bother you that people out here trying to just they, they test. They test. I mean, seriously. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me. It used to bother me a lot. You know when it bothered me? It bothered me when I didn't like when I was like, oh, is it, they might be right. Is this is this is this gonna be the last of it? But But you could have easily <laughs> like flexed on people. I I get I get it done. Like the ESPN money is my son's money. I'm not gonna spend any of that. But it's 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 this concept. Of going, I see. Now we're gonna get gaudy. Let's we're do gonna it. Be stupid. Let's do we're it. Gonna be extra black in here. Now nah, I'm it's gonna fine. right here, right? Like I I don't want because you know there are people out here like abhor like oh my god they're gonna start doing this again because there are a lot of people. You know what I noticed, Lawrence, and it it um it hurts my heart. There are a lot of people out there who like genuinely are unhappy with themselves, and what happens is they revel in your public losses. And they bring up nothing when it comes to your public wins. Or if they do, they, they refer to your public losses. Like in this life that we've lived and that we saw Dan, Terry, Mike, Dan, Dan, like Dan. all the Dans. Right, 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 right. Mully, like, you know, um, um, everybody, everybody, all the people that came before us, all the people that worked with us and all the people that are going to come after us. All of us are going to suffer some public losses because we're in the public eye. And there are two ways you can deal with it. And in the beginning, I dealt with it the wrong way. In the beginning, I took it as these people are right. And you know me, I've always kind of doubted myself when it came to this fear because I never kind of fit in, right? I was never the, you know, I was never, I, you know, I, this was the Earl Sweatshirt line where it was like, um, you know, too, too, uh, too white for the black kids, too black for the white kids, right? And I always kind of felt like I was in a space where people were cool with me, but I didn't, I was not, I, I wasn't like the people who worked here. And when everything hit the fan and people are hitting you up on Twitter every single day about, yeah, this is why they got rid of you. Like, even now, like, after, after, after a year plus, there's still once a week where some dude is like, and there's certain dudes I block and they bring up, you know, they make, they make new uh, Twitter accounts and they're like, oh, well, see, this is why you're off because you said this. And I'm like, dude, I just tweeted good morning to everybody. Like, I don't, I don't know. So there are certain people who are, you just have to chalk it up to who are very unhappy. And then there are people who just don't understand that public losses will be taken if you're in this long enough. Right. I got in this when I was 19. Right. I interned when I was I was shortly after my 19th birthday. Right. I'm 38 and be 39 in November. Like most of my life, almost half my life coming up in November has been spent in this business and in this industry and in this city. In two years in Atlanta. Yeah. There's going to be some public losses. My no, I could not have expected my career to go 30 years without there being a public loss. The difference is there are public losses that were taken in the early 90s by people it's not social media around, right? Correct. So there's not somebody to open that up for you every day. 
right? There's not that mental warfare that you have to play with yourself and lie and be like, everything's all right. When it's not, you know it's not all right. I'm, I know it's not all right. And we keep it moving. Those first three months was hell. Like, I didn't talk to anybody besides you because I didn't want what happened on your podcast to happen anywhere else, right? And then I talked to John later, right? But My bad. No, nah, you're good. <laughs> nah, you're, <laughs> but, but that's the thing. Like, I'm, those moments had to happen to me, right? Like, I know that the reason why things happened have very little to do with me not having integrity because if I could have easily switched up and been somebody else for the people— that wanted me to be somebody else. It, it is amazing, like how how easy that road, how tempting it is, Jay. Like how tempting that that that. A lot of us have questions that we have to ask ourselves because of the the well beings of our family and the well being of our career, and the people who the people who make a firm decision either way, you have to live with it, right? Mm-hmm. Right, and I I wanted to make sure that in whatever footnote that I that I have in Chicago radio that it was clear as day. Like the same reason why you liked me is the same reason why I'm saying these things. The same reason why you liked me back then because I said how I felt. You know, me going at not going at, but me um, holding John Paxson's feet to the fire is no different than me holding us as a society to the fire. It's just sports. So, you know, um, and now it's paid off because I got to the other side of it. I can still hang out with my son and tell him, hey, man, you know, your dad, when you was a baby, went through some stuff, and this, this, and this, and this happened. And, you know, I don't know how many would have bounced back, but I, luckily, fortunately, I did. And now, you know, it's time to reap the benefits and rewards. Like, I work, I work hard enough to make sure that there's a certain armor around me. You know, the reason why I can attest and em- not empathize, but I can, like, Jimmy Butler and I have always had a, uh, a weird relationship, right? And I think a lot of it is because he and I are kind of built the same way. Different, different honor codes, but, you know, you build yourself up. You do things that people didn't think you were able to do. And then you're like, hey, you have to pay me, right? And I'm not going to be quiet about it. And if you don't want to, cool. We're going to keep it moving. But I'm still going to be me. And that's what it is. Like, nobody is in this business long enough to see all the good guys make it, right? And I promised myself that I wasn't going to be – like, I've joked with you before about, like, I'm not going to make it in this business because I'm not like these dudes. You know what I'm saying? Like, like dudes, dudes ascribe to like, oh, well, sometimes you got to play dirty. It's the difference between playing a little dirty and being a sucker, right? Like, so I, I know I've, I've told myself at 50, I'm out of here, period. You're done? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm out It doesn't here. give me a lot of time, Jay. <laughs> time for what? You got 75 goddamn podcasts. <laughs> what, 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 what you waiting on? What? What time for what? I done had NFL players mess around and be like, hey, man, you want to do a podcast? I'm like, nah, man, I'm just waiting on a dude who's supposed to be down for the crown. I'm, I got to hold off. It's like the goddamn detox album. This shit is never going to happen. So, no, I'm not waiting on you. No. I think you should I, just. I got till I'm 50 and I'm out this piece. Here's what I think. Nah. What I've always thought about, I think that you should just do a podcast. Oh. The people, 
this and that's what that I am the Dr. Dre of this oh, detox album thing. Bullshit. And your ass, you're, you're, I'm, people want they unfiltered don't want You know what? If the, yes, they do. If the motherfuckers wanted it, they should have been listening from, from, from one to six. I, I agree yeah. with you that. You know, that's the other thing, too. I don't want to scream too much on these. Listen. Hey, for every one of y'all that have been hitting me for the last year, talking about, man, holding you down, bro. I'm always thinking about you. Your black ass should have, yes, I said black ass. Your black ass should have been there listening every damn day. Now, mind you, the numbers wasn't crazy. You know, don't believe the hype. Um, I've seen, well, I'm not going to speak on that. But, yeah, I, numbers weren't crazy. Numbers were fine, you know. But, yeah, for if 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 every single person who couldn't wait to run up on me at the Mariano's or at the barbershop or any anywhere else, uh, High Park Brew Fest coming up here soon. June first. Don't, don't walk up to me talking about man. Hey, hey they did I you wrong. I rocks with yeah, you, yeah. man. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You could have been no, right there with me. No, you didn't. Yes, is listening to V one hundred three with rolling papers in your hand, talking about you ain't heard that Bobby Womack song in a long time. That's what happened. All right, so since you Earl, <laughs> Clancy, <laughs> Lester, right, Percy, Melvin, <laughs> Bruce, Bruce. Since you have uh, broken the seal, and to all the Brads and Taylors out there as well on on the black community <laughs> and sports radio, uh, then let's let's get real. Yeah, on I'm it. gonna be on a pa- uh, on a panel for uh, the NABJ conference in Miami. Uh, we're gonna be talking about those things. Yeah, you know what bothers me? Me, me Rob Parker, and Bumani. When when I go into the barbershop, and a lot of the conversations that you and I will have in the barbershop <laughs> can find their way to the air. We'll yeah. filter them, you know, the way that each of us filters stuff. What bothers me is I swear that the, the, the bras in the barbershop, <laughs> they love to be like, man, you, you my dude. But... Have no idea where you work. Correct. <laughs> no, I know. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I rock with you. Really? What station do you rock with me on? You on? You on WGN, right? <laughs> Wait, what? I have been at the score for twenty years. Hey, man. Hey, let me tell you something. TV opens up your whole world. You did this earlier, a lot earlier than I did with the NBC deal, but. TV let me know how many people had no idea what I was doing for a living. Facts. Like, it's a whole different direct message life. It's, it's a whole different uh, product life. Like, Windy City Live and Fox, that audience, I, people running up on my mama that haven't talked to her in, in decades, talking about I saw your son. I'm like, ma'am, I was doing this for 15 years right here on a on a major, major station, third market in the country. I like I had I had made it already I, in my head. Like I I I lived out the boyhood dream, right? I had You're a so right show. about this. I had a midday show. I had a I had a I had an afternoon show. In the third and, largest market in the country. In the country. And all I gotta do is go on and talk about, you know, the the, the royal baby for two minutes and and you know me now. It it is amazing, Jay, because whenever I pop up on Windy City Live, it's crazy. It's crazy. My mom is like, "Oh my god!" All of my friends smart were talking about how smart you were today, and I was like, I, "I've been smart for, for a long time." Do that for four hours a day if you <laughs> if you ever want to check in. Yeah, they 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 wanted to congratulate you <laughs> on doing a show that I do for free. They wanted they want to congratulate me on that. There's a lot that you could congratulate me on. And I, I mean, I love yeah. Ryan and Val. Yeah, for sure. Shout out to them and Matt Knutes and everyone uh, yeah. else over yeah. there. But I mean, damn. Yeah. Like, <laughs> even even last year, and I felt so 
I, I was at the at the brew at it was the Silver Room Block Silver Party Room. last yeah. year, and Leon two Rogers, different things. And you should go to both. Yes, you should, because you will see me out there with a cigar and my son, and one of us is gonna be drunk. Probably Jace. <laughs> Although he doesn't need anything, he's just a ball of energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but they were rocking, and I went to go listen to Jay Illa because Illa mm-hmm. was spinning, yeah. and that's our man. Like he's yeah. just the best, yeah, best DJ in the city. So I'm sitting there like in front of the speakers, and Leon Rogers sees me, and he was like, "Come on up, come on up to the stage." I'm like, "I'm good. Like I'm okay. Like following in the background." But it amazes me, like people on the FM side of our industry, like of, as far as urban radio go. Mad love. Like, they throw mad love yeah, our way. Yeah. But in the community, it's still well, it's still a little questionable. And I'm, I'm wondering, what can we do to combat that? How the, can we change that? How can we get more? They, they need more black voices. Is that the, that's the answer? Simple. Simple and plain. Um, the, the amount of, because uh, it's not just black, um, the amount of my Latino brothers and sisters and African-Americans and Asian-Americans, just and people of color, whatever you want to call them, the amount of people who were happy when I came back and then the amount of people who were sad when everything went down was striking to me. One, because, you know, you, you think you're just talking for yourself, but a lot of people, they can, they can empathize with some of the things you, that you may be going through or... They they know the like people like they're rooting for you. People like hearing their circumstances get shouted out too, or their perspectives get shouted out. So when I say when I mention something that I used to do at my grandmother's house on the south side, juxtaposed to at my mom's house on the north side in Evanston, like those things connect with people because there's a lot of babies who were like me who you know when when my my father and mother got it together, we moved to Evanston and that 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 south side vibe that that was in me was stayed in me but i lived in the suburbs after age nine after age yeah after age nine so like there are a lot of kids who have that same story so when you when you touch something or connect to that story you are you are your your experiences you are your perspective so if i don't feel my perspective is gonna be touched other than my love for sports and that's the other thing like even as a kid at this station i used to always say man we need to stop worrying about beating the other station like we need to start thinking bigger than that and i would say that to program directors and i would be summarily dismissed because i was a part-time producer slash host and then a full-time producer slash host and then i became a host and i kept saying the same things like hey man we need to we need to think bigger and i know the demographics and all the things and why you the revenue and 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 what you should be aiming for but at the same time you're not scared to pull out those those 12 plus numbers when it's time to talk contract or when it's time to you know talk about moves and why they're made so when when i when i hear the the minority community voice how they feel about sports radio it's always with a um it's always with a feeling of exclusion right and sure and that's why like you carry that mantle now and you have been and now you're doing it during the day right and there are a lot of people who are being introduced to you as a talent who you know whatever for whatever reason life rhythms work and all those things they they, they couldn't listen at night they're not hearing you during the day and that's why i'm like ex- like extremely happy because as long as it's represented, as long as they're, you know, the city looks a certain way, right? So 
why shouldn't the city sound a certain way? And it's not one of these things like you're not qualified or people don't know you. And that wasn't the the same with me. Like, I grew up on this station. Like, people heard me when I was 12, 13 years old on this station. Right. So they they know my story. I lived it through them and with them. So as long as the, as long as that's happening, I think that there will be a reluctance, right? I mean, we got to start treating the city like it doesn't stop at 35th Street and then start at 115th Street, right? Like there's there's stops along the way there that you can have remotes at that our liquor distributors are happy to go to. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can do if that's what you're about. And you show me any place, any company that doesn't, cater to everybody. I'm going to show you a place that's not maximizing their their financial potential. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Jay, because <laughs> especially when it comes to um, our Latino brothers and sisters. Oh, there's no there's no representation. They have to be they have to be on something with a Spanish name. Right. And it has to be like Spanish language, which, yeah. by the way, is something like I was looking at at my numbers over the last month, and I'm like... Congratulations, by the way. Thank you, sir. My Appreciate man. that. Congratulations. Um, Celebrate the Kings. And and I am like, I want to catch the Spanish language. Like, that's that's kind of where I'm Dude, at. Like, I'm trying to... You tap into these resources. Like, Sierra and I talk about this. We talked about this the last time we did Fox together, Sierra Santos. Um, like, there's there's so much out there. And all we've been doing is digging in the same hole for a long time. So how do we come out of it? Because I've been trying to figure out, like, what type of outreach do we do? Like, how do we how do we do? Because I, I do think that there hasn't been enough outreach in sports radio in particular. And from my own experience here at The Score, I don't think us or 1000 have done a good job of tapping into black sports fans. And we definitely haven't done a damn thing to tap into Latino sports fans. And and I, I say to all of my bilingual students, that ESPN Spanish language station has a chance to be a monster. Huge. It Huge. could be a monster. Huge. And and I think that there's so much untapped potential yeah. with that market because it's not like we don't see these people out in public. Right. And that's the thing. <laughs> like, uh, but we, that's, we see them all the but time. That's, that's the thing, too. You have to have um, – you have to have decision makers and people who uh, run things to be outside too. Like the, Chicago's a very easy city to stay in your cocoon in. We all do it. I mean, yeah. it's the most segregated city in and, yeah, in America. Yeah, yeah. It's a very easy place to go from home back to work, and then maybe your local watering hole or the restaurants you like. It's a very easy place to do that, and it's very easy. But it's so much more wonderful when you don't. And I have been experiencing that over the last year where I I broke my routine up purposefully so, like to start to interact with different people, you know? Like I'm you know, I'm all about I'm all about making sure that the young people that I interact with have something to look forward to. Like right now, I'm trying to set up with Brooks, uh Brooks Boy over at the White Sox, a day where I could bring the kids out to meet Tim Anderson, Jackie Robinson West, as well as the uh, the organization that my buddy Iran is a part of that he's mentoring a lot of kids from troubled youth who just need somebody to say, hey, man, it's going to be all right. You you better than you think you are right now. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. And I may not be able to change it in this moment, but as long as I can plant a seed, like those are the things and those are their communities littered throughout this city that need that kind of thing. And you touch people's, you touch people's, the, the different connections, right? You connect to the kids of a neighborhood, you're going to get their parents, right? You connect to the parents on a, on a business level, you're going to have them forever. So one remote at a spot in Humble Park, instead of the, the 17 spots that you're forced to go to, it, it may not make a difference inventory-wise that you can touch but long term, you're gonna make a fan because you you know, we interact. Like we're not just behind the microphone. Like I, I interact with people. Um and that's the thing I truly miss the most, man, about this whole thing is like, you know, the 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 interaction uh on a daily basis with people who are around the same things as you, you know, experiencing the same things as you. I feel like there's a detachment that I have to have because I can't consume everything Chicago. I like I gotta consume a story. So like when the you know when the the gesture thing happened or whatever at Wrigley Field the other day. No, the white power salute. Yeah, that's what I mean. I didn't know about it. I didn't know about it. And uh, somebody on Instagram was like, "What do you think about this?" Because you know nowadays, like anything, you're the racial you're, arbiter. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Anything happens. I'm like, man, I thought I liked basketball, but uh, I was like, man, I can't. I haven't really sunk my teeth into it because I, 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 it's not a big enough story. And that person took it personally. And I was like, I, this is not a diss to you. I didn't know that you were, I didn't know that you were the, the, the captain of all things Chicago sports. But like, there's certain things that I have detached from where it's like, if it's not a national story, you know, I got a job to do still, right? And um, on a on a local level, there's so many ways you can like, you can you can get where you need to be, and you can be where you have to be. If that makes any sense, like. The people who listen to this station who can't wait to tell you they've been listening for 20 years, they, as long as they're living, they're going to be here. They're going to be here, right? What about the people who have no clue about this station? Like, we're a lot bigger in our heads than we think we are. I agree with that. Right? And Twitter does a great job at making us think that with the hate and the love. It's amplified. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, well, two people tweeted this. The whole city must be, you know, I must have rocked the city to sleep today. And then you go outside, n- nobody knows who you are. Right. So instead of that being the case, you know, we don't have to do billboards and things like that anymore. You just go in those communities. You want new fans? Go ahead. I mean, you wonder why baseball is having an issue. Everybody else is going. The athletes are going to other sports. Now, it's it's happening now where you're seeing 19, 20, 21 year olds, athletic dudes who would have played football, probably did play football or playing baseball. Now you got to farm new talent. 
you got to farm new talent. You got to have new ideas, right? I mean, try some things that you may think like won't work for a year and see if it works two years from now, those kinds of things. The, the problem is time. Not for sure. And, and patience. Yeah. That, well, that a lot of a lot of people don't have that level of patience to try and see if something, legitimately try to let something catch on and it become a thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, you show me a short-term planner, I'm going to show you a short-term results, Kaido. It's true. Yeah, I mean, how business business is our greatest teacher. Like how many how many people have sold things a lot lot quicker than they should have, right? Whether it be the Victoria's Secret story, Chicago Sport and Social right here. Like I know the guy who came up with that. Chicago Sport and Social is doing numbers. He didn't sell it for the number that they're doing, right? So you can you can do that all you want, take a short check, or you can you can feed everybody for a long time. And I think this this station has done that uh, in a in a way where, like, this station understands what it means to everybody. I just don't know if it understands what it could mean. I I agree. I and I, I think that we do need to do more. It's funny because we, I was having a Twitter conversation with a, a, a bunch of reporters after the the white power symbol was put up behind <laughs> Doug Glanville. Oh, it was behind Doug? Yeah, that's what, what really, like, oh. set everything off. Like, he was doing a live hit, and this guy was doing it behind him. And so it was just – I actually thought I thought the Cubs did a really good job of, like – No, they came down hard. This I saw is the some statement. bullshit. Yeah, I saw the statement. We, <laughs> we don't play that. We, we're, and Theo and – Theo Julian Green's fist was on it. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 can, you, can, you can hear Julian Green's fist being put up in the background. <laughs> you, 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 you hear Julian Green's Afro pick. Yeah, he really doesn't deal. have right, hair. Right, right. Like, What's like, that raking noise? That's, that's Julian, Julian Green's picking, Afro pick. Julian picking out his Afro again. With the fist on it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it was uh, Jack Jack Silverstein who tweeted out, man, you know, I'm glad that we have a diverse cross-section of people that cover baseball in Chicago. And he mentioned me and It's the Bigs and Shake. And, yeah. and, and I was like, yeah, but we're just, we're just black people. And one of the things, one of the, the <laughs> big projects that I worked on in grad school, I did a, a whole thing about – I'll try not to get too wonky no, in describing it, but it, – I did a whole thing about media frames and how the media frames Latino athletes a certain way, and it can't be combated because there aren't enough yeah. Latino reporters in clubhouses. Right. You want to take a break? You want to go grab some more water? Yeah, hold on. Go ahead. I'll just wax poetically. Right. So I did this whole project on media frames, and it was based on – you remember that commercial that MLB put out, the kids can let the kids play commercial, mm-hmm. where yeah. it's Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah. Yeah. And and I noticed in the piece that most of the players in it were Latino. Mm-hmm. Most of the 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 pushback against, well, these guys are mm-hmm. they're bat flipping too much. And so I did a whole piece on it. I talked with a bunch of of reporters. Sierra was one of the people who helped me out with the project. And um my friend Dr. Moya, Dr. De Moya over at DePaul. Uh, is is from the Dominican Republic, okay. and she is a crazy baseball fan. But she studies this stuff, and the thing that everyone kept coming back to, I talked with six different people, representation. Yeah. And how if you go inside a clubhouse, it's rare that you see Latino or Latinx reporters. You What you do see, and we, we know this from – being in other locker rooms where mm-hmm. we'll look around and be like, oh, 
we're the only yeah. one here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that that goes for what's happening in baseball where there's not enough with the, the demographics of baseball changing. There's not enough understanding of Latinx culture. There's just not. The language barrier mm-hmm. issue is a huge issue still around the game. And I think that there are some people who can overcome it. Like Javier Baez, I think, has risen to a point where people aren't complaining about what Javi does because Javi's dope. Yeah, and he gets pe- results. Right. <clears throat> and so it, people have been like, oh, I, maybe that wasn't my thing before, but, you know, I kind of like this. But I think that we're we're still working at a deficit when it comes to the way that we present to the, the Latinx audience. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not sure how to change it other than more representation. Yeah, more representation is the key. But this is the other thing, too. Um, like, I don't think their audience needs... Uh, and I don't know how to put this, but white sports validation. And and I think that far too often uh, we, as like you and me and guys like us, look through things through a lens of how is it going to be validated so it can get pushed through instead of it's, it's theirs. Right. Like, like the way I view basketball is different than the way, you know, my man Dave Kerner might view basketball, right? But I'm not fighting for it to be viewed through Dave Kerner's lens because I have a voice. They are talking and having a conversation about this. I go to a Dominican barbershop now. I don't, I'm the only person that speaks English in there. They talk baseball the entire time I'm in there. I've learned Spanish um, a thousand times over over the last couple of months. They're having the conversations. They're doing their own shows. You know, they're, they're listening to they're – listening, they're watching ESPN Deportes. They, they have their own – vibe and culture that they don't care if if we accept it or not and i feel like people like you and i have been so busy fighting for our people or people to look like us to be like yo like there's some pretty dope stuff happening over here in the perspective of coming from an african-american man or an african-american woman and look at all these terrifically talented people like trying to push it because there's a certain there's a certain vessel that it has to go through to get to the masses. They don't care. And, and I think there's something beautiful about that. Like, cause you have to accept their stars. Their stars are the stars of your game. Correct. Period. I, but right? selfishly, I want them to be a part of what we do. For sure. No, no, I'm, I'm saying that I, I don't think it's that they, they don't want to. No, they I'm, just don't. They they don't have to agree, you know. But they, they have their own like baseball ecosystem. It's true, right? But I'd love for them to be part of mine. They don't want to be. Screw yours. Damn, <laughs> I'm working nah, so hard. I, I'm still, by the way, shout out to all my my Dominicans and Venezuelans and Puerto Ricans out there. I'm I'm, I'm out here speaking for you because I get my hair cut by Luis over there by by Clemente. <laughs> so wait, wait, which barber shop now are you at? Uh, I, I go to I go to my man Luis right right down the street uh, from Clemente High School. Um, okay. I don't know the name of the shop. I don't know if the shop has a name. So here's a question. <laughs> and every time I come in there, cafecito, I'm like, all right, I, I'll drink a little coffee. I was wondering, <laughs> like, because I get this whenever I travel to Latin American countries, you with the Caribbean background, yeah. how often are people approaching you and just speaking Spanish? No one speaks English in the shop. So, period. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't joking. 
I don't speak English in the shop either. That's so great. I, I, I've picked up the seven phrases that I need. You know, I know how to I know how to insult somebody. You know, I know how to tell somebody their haircut looks awful. You know, I know how to give a jab to my barber. But yeah, I, I kid you not, nobody in this and it's a big barbershop too, so it's always full. Um it's right next to Clemente. So, you know, kids are in there. Nobody speaks English in this barbershop and I love it. I it's it's my favorite world now. Did you do that on purpose as you were talking about breaking your own routines and making yourself uncomfortable? No, I just went to a Spanish club and ran into Luis. Oh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I just went to a Spanish spot, ran into my man Luis. We shared a hookah and we shared similar stories about, you know, hooliganism and 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 and, and you know, our affinity for for beautiful people and that was about it. Okay, I mean, that's a, that's actually a good <laughs> and, way it, to build it, a relationship. And it actually but I mean, it broke cuz I was unsure, you know, I was unsure. I'm like, ah, but, you know, these days I'm just getting a baldy. So I get a baldy and I get my um, I get my beard lined up and I'm ready to rock and roll for everybody to miss me on Saturday and Sunday morning. How how long <laughs> are you going to let your beard go? Because I've seen it in a couple different phases. Yeah, Where no, are you this, most is, this is just a little bit darker because I was just bored. But um, I can't let it grow too crazy because my hair has a has a different curl pattern. And... Um, the reason why we as as black men the ingrown hairs the ingrown hairs right so you cut that top layer that there was it that epidermal layer of skin and or maybe you go a little bit too deep and now the hair is growing the wrong way so my hair's curl pattern is kind of weird because I've never had that but I'm scared as hell of it so I don't want to have the big beard and then underneath. That is happening because that happens to a lot of guys. And it's not because you're, you know, I used to think it's because of dirty clippers and all that other stuff. Bacteria, like if you're worried about that, then you're going to the wrong barber. But after like learning about my skin and learning about um, what's happening on my face and on my head, I'm like, oh, okay. You know, this is, I can't do it because there's certain ways my hair grows that if I just do the lazy one shave down and just do that, then I'm going to have problems in two days. Like there's going to be crazy irritation. So. Yeah, man. Learn about your learn about your skin, guys. <laughs> it's really amazing because you know my brother is by genetics the most the closest person to me in the world. <laughs> I can shave with a razor; he can't. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it can be that. Mm-hmm. It's how your hair, selective. It's how your hair was brushed as a kid. All those things. I mean, yeah, like all those things take place. And you know, I used to joke on the air, like you know, we used to do those um, those. Um, Cultural exchanges, not cultural exchanges, but the uh, the commercials for um, chain barbershops, and I would make jokes like, "That's never going to be me, fam." Yep. And they thought I was like, it was me being kind of like, "No, I'm like, no, I have to go to a barber who understands. This is how you have to do my hair or have to cut my hair every time. It can't be just a one stop. This ain't no drive through. Like I can't, I can't just get the straight the razor and then all of a sudden just jump up because you got TVs in this joint. No. Whenever I see see the black dude like smiling in those commercials, I'm like, yeah. we know yeah. that that's not where you're not going yeah. to. It's, it's hair. It's hair. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you. Like we just blink twice. We got you. We will yeah. come and yeah. get you we'll bring, at Bo Ricks. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bring the tea tree oil. Throw throw a mask right. on your face. Get you right. <laughs> we know that we have to come and save you or you're it's smiling okay. and bouncing around. As long as you don't bite the chicken, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you don't jerry rice yourself. Oh, my God. Know. I'm still mad at that. You shouldn't be. I mean, because we've made enough fun of him. Uh, he's at the point now where he's done, though. 
But uh, <laughs> can I just tell you, have, have you seen the the <laughs> Copper Fit commercial with him and Brett Favre? I've only seen the Brett Favre version. I haven't seen Jerry catching passes from from. Uh, Cop- is Copper Fit a sponsor? No, they're not a sponsor. Say what you need to say. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. the thing that I take away from that commercial is at the end, they're Snake walking oil. away. Brett Favre is a big fucking dude. Yeah, no, no, no. He's never been a little guy. Like, he's he's a country strong, like, Brett Favre is, is a good 6'3", 240. Like, solid. Because they're walking side by side. And not yeah, that Jerry Rice is a big dude, yeah, but. He's leaned out. He's leaned but out. you see Brett Favre, and you're like, holy crap. Like, no, he's not small. No, he's, he's, he's. I mean, there's a lot of alcohol and a lot of painkillers to get him right. You got to think that, that that situation where he was like, think about the amount of consumption at his highest point for him, as big as he is. With the painkillers? Yeah. Like, think about what he had to to get to wherever he had to get to. With think that position. How, how much and... he had to consume and how, yeah, man, like, whew. I, I talked to Anthony about it, um, about just the things that he's seen in NFL locker rooms and, and what guys go through. And I truly don't think we respect it enough. Like, what happens to these dudes' bodies? And what they put themselves through, obviously. Um, but, like, you are – that is one sport where you are you are chosen. I know a lot of tall dudes who have never played basketball. Football is definitely a sport where somebody touches you on the shoulder and is like, hey, this is – you're crazy enough and you are ready. Yeah, you have to have that thing, too. Like, if you're going to succeed – keep it. <laughs> I, no, I, I mean, is, I know I have a little of it, but you have to be fully, fully committed yeah. in, in ways Not that— Not running from the fight <laughs> and the fight that's going to beat you. All the time. Yeah, a fight that's going to beat you. And then, like, you know what? I'm not done fighting. <laughs> let me go back in here and fight let, some more. Let me rest for two days and not then even I, rest, but let me let me not fight for two days and get right back to the fight. I, I'll tell you, it's one of people don't understand it, and I know that people will dismiss it because of money. But whenever I hear, whenever I talk to Lance about getting right, getting your body right, and I remember it, it was him, it was Charles, it was Mike Brown, like all those dudes. When I would ask them, when do you feel? Normal. The first thing they say is you don't feel normal ever, Mm. but you never feel like the regular season, like before the regular season, during the regular season. That doesn't happen. So then you go to the next question of when do you feel like you could play again? And they'll tell you, I don't feel quite right until the walkthrough. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. Guys are saying that they they can really Ready not really again. walk until Wednesday. Yeah. And then we're asking like that the Thursday night shit is just ridiculous. Beyond me. I'm surprised we haven't had more not just career ending injuries but critical injuries in football over the last 20 years where I'm surprised the guy hasn't died on the field. I mean, I, I think we were close with Johnny Knox, man. Yeah. That scared the hell out of yeah. me. And that was a guy getting caught in a bad way, right? Just think of you not running full speed in somebody else because your injury hasn't healed up and you you played three days ago. Like think, think like if these things would happen on the street, like people would be in jail. You know, like if you run Facts. into somebody fifteen miles an hour and you didn't see them at a crosswalk. You know what I'm saying? Like this, these are the things that I the NFL is is a monster in all good and all bad ways. Like every sense of the word. Any the newfangled way, the old-fangled way, it is a monster, and it is it is something that 
I, the stories that, like I said, and Anthony had a cup of coffee a couple of times over. Like, so just imagine these dudes for 12, 14, 15 I, years playing I, high collision, high impact positions, not just quarterbacks. Shout out to the quarterbacks. They do what they got to do. But, you know, can you, I mean, like a guy like Daryl Green, you know, all we did was talk about how fast he was. That dude played corner for 18, 19 years. In the 80s. Right. Right, where you had to, where you had to get physical. You had to, you know, you could mug people, but they were definitely gonna mug you back. Yep. So, it it is um it is a it is a next level situation when you can run into somebody who can say that they played professional football at a high level for a long time, and I nothing but respect for it because they are they are the, the last gladiators. Like Lance, Lance gets all my respects. That dude is that dude. I do clean up a lot of messes on the on the field, dude, <laughs> and started some, but he he took a lot of lot of punishment. I enjoy watching film with those guys. Like I've I've learned a lot over the last couple of years, like just picking their brains. And what's really amazing to me is how hard like you and I have to work at truly trying to understand football, yeah, and how easily they yeah. spot shit. They wired. Like, Alex is Alex would just be like, ah, I've seen wired. that before. Yeah. So it's gonna be this. And you're like, whoa. Like yeah. it, and this is a defensive like end. A shoulder tilt or 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 hand placement or like that these are the little things that and that's why I appreciate this is the other reason why I appreciate like where the career has gone. It felt like every time whether it was forcibly or my choice, every time I needed to do something else to open up my eyes to something else, to be around other people. Like we talked about the ecosystems, like this station is an ecosystem in itself, right? And if you're talking to the same people and you're around the same people, you know, you're going to start to sound like them. The cadences are going to be the same and you're going to share the same knowledge. Whereas I love getting opened up to new things. Like you said with Alex, like you having that interaction with somebody because you're outside of this building is very important, right? And if you don't go to games or you don't attend games or you don't talk to people outside of being on the air, you can kind of get caught in that vibe of, oh, I got it, and not learning anything new. And that's when you start talking about things that happened 20 years ago all the time. And that's when that's when your audience starts to be like, oh, I've heard this story, so I can bounce. You know, and, and it's not with malice, like, oh, this is so uninteresting, I'm out of here. Because we all... Take it personally, like if someone changes the channel, it's because they hated us or something like that. Because we're all narcissists. But, I'm like, hey, yeah, <laughs> but but for real though, if you're not doing those things and you're not talking to other people outside of your general sphere of comfort, because I think a lot of guys and and, and girls um, are scared to not know, right? So when you, I, I am of the, hey man, I don't know anything. Tell me, teach me, help me out. I'm 38. I remember I told my dad. And I got in trouble for it. I told my dad when I was a kid, and I think I got in trouble because it hit home. And he said something to me in the in the vein of, I don't need to know that. And I was like, hey, man, the moment you stop thinking that you need to know things or can learn things, that's when you start dying. And I was like 12, 13. I was, oh. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. I'm, I imagine that did not go it over didn't, well it didn't. So when at I, all. Yeah, so when I woke up the next day, <laughs> it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but I mean, it's always something that I've held. Like near and dear, because I always felt like I wasn't good enough. So I was like, "Let me give me more, right? Like, give me, like, help me, like, teach me. You don't understand how much you're helping me by giving me this new information. So when I get it, I can't wait to jam it into like a breath or a sentence. Like, I can't wait to share with people what I got. And that's why 
rhythmically in my career, when these things have happened, I go through, okay, why did this happen? What could I have prevented? Okay, I couldn't prevent anything. All right, cool. So now we need to get over it. Now we need to heal. Now we need to go on because it's work that still needs to be done. You have to work through it. And now, by the way, you've got to start learning more and you've got to start doing more. You have to start understanding that your TV spots aren't as good as you thought they were. I look back at my TV stuff two, three years ago. It was trash. But somebody gave me an opportunity because they thought that I could grow into it, right? And now I'm I'm out like I'm not counting steps. I'm having ball. Where and same thing with the radio. My first weekend at ESPN was god awful. Why? Um <laughs> how much time we got? Uh, I know you gotta get out of no, here. No, no, you're good. I um I got there and the it was overwhelming. Uh and for the first time You were in Bristol? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. For the first time I've since maybe when I hosted with Abatacola, when I first started hosting with Abatacola, uh, for the first time since then, I felt like maybe this is too big for me. And I sat That is down. shocking to me. Yeah. Yeah, I sat down, and the guy that I was working with wasn't as helpful as I would like for him to be, the producer I was working with at the time. And I sit down, and you know it's the countdown, and like this, this is ESPN National. Like this is the I'm sitting where you know you see all the shows being hosted, and you see all the the helmets and everything, and there's 17 TVs in the room, and they're all on college football, and I'm doing the college football game night show, and I'm like, yo, this is cool. And as the countdown is happening, I, I steadily start to get more anxious and more scared because I'm thinking to myself. This this thing that just happened to you is very real. So this is the last time. Like, this is the last chance that somebody's going to give you, right? So I start to put more pressure on myself than I had ever done in any show in my life. And it was awful. Um, I, I sat there and said to myself, these segments aren't going to cut it. They're not going to cut it, Jay. Like, nobody is going to sit here and think that you're good because of this. And it started to snowball, and that would carry on into the next segment. And that would carry on to the next segment. It was when Kentucky beat Florida, and we had a Kentucky guy who was around the corner doing a show come in there and sit with me, and he alleviated so much pressure because all we did was talk. And that's when I realized that I got to stop being everything for everybody and just be myself again. And I hadn't, I hadn't done that for like 12 years. I hadn't thought those thoughts for like 12, 15 years, whenever I, I hosted with Matt. And back in the day. And I thought, you know what? Just be yourself. And I got that bad show out the way. I was like, man, I got to do another show tomorrow. This was Shannon, my man Shannon Penn. Uh, he's producing. I got to do another show tomorrow. Everything will be all right. Went home. I went to Doubletree. Fell asleep. Got up the next day and killed it. And I said to myself, don't ever do that to yourself again. And I promised myself that I wouldn't do that again. I start every single show I do now with a smile, bro. And I haven't, I haven't felt that in years. Like, shows are supposed to be fun. Like, I saw something the other day uh, that said, um, remember the times that you prayed to get to where you are now, right? And for too many of us, I feel like, and I'll just speak for myself, like, we forget, like, how cool it is to be right here, right? And we take it for granted, and we think, oh, you know what, I'm going to be here, or I deserve this, or this is all me. And 
that's when they get their, get your ass out of here because it comes across. Like you're the last person to figure out that maybe you should have carried things a little bit differently. And for me, the way I should have carried it a little bit differently is like the joyous person that I was, I, I lost some of that along the way. And a lot was going on in my life. You know, I think of- there was a lot of pressure. Like, I don't want to speak on personal, but professionally, there was a lot of pressure on you. And you put a lot of pressure on yourself. Yeah. Where to, a lot. <laughs> where a lot. You were like, okay, like, okay, I, I got it now. Yeah. So I want to keep it. And I, I mean, I'm feeling a little bit of that now yeah, and trying to get it's to real. that. It was so strange. Like, for me, like, those first two shows. Like after all the 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 news and the mm-hmm. feeder column and everything, mm-hmm. I I'd never felt pressure like on a show. For me, it was always there was no one here when I would show. get here. Yeah. You go in, you do your show, you mm-hmm. leave. It's a different atmosphere. And it's like, oh, well, you know, you got Joe Madden on. What are you gonna do? I'm I'm gonna show. talk with right. Joe. Right. Like he knows me. Right. I know him. We're just gonna talk. And but you felt like this thing of what well, has to be the biggest thing. It's a trans, ever. It's a transfer of energy, and people in in this industry are really good at doing that in a bad way. Uh, people in this industry are are terrific at saying the wrong thing to you right before you're supposed to do what you need to do. <laughs> like 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 you're I, so right. Like like people can't wait to fuck up your whole vibe right before you about to. Hit, Right before you're about to rock your vibe out, you know? They can't wait. And they don't even know they're doing it. Some of them know they're doing it. Some of them, the, the worst ones, the people who know they're doing it, like, cool, respect, because you, you know, you're, you're trying to knock me you're, off. My you're game. a sucker. But the people who don't know they're doing it, those are the worst, though. Like, oh my God, such new things and such greatness. This is going to be so awesome. It's so big. Oh my God. You know, all the other things that have happened haven't been as big as this. And I can't <laughs> wait to you. And you're like, hey, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, let me, like, chill. <laughs> like, like, like you can't just ask for it. Like, let me, let me get into it. And I just, yeah, yeah. Cause I've done it before, right? Like, let me rock. And, oh, my God. Like, I'll never forget, man, uh, <laughs> the first day with me and Spiegel. Fucking Shep is, comes around the corner. Dude, I am, you know me. I'm just whatever, right? I'm walking around the corner. He goes, oh, you good? You look like you've seen a ghost. I know my face didn't look like that. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what kind of idiot says that? I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Like, and I, I, didn't, I didn't, I was like, yeah, I'm cool. And I said, I walked in there, I'm like, damn, do I look different? I'm asking myself all kinds of shit. I'm supposed to be talking about the first segment now. I'm, I'm like, what the fuck was that? And and this is the thing. And, you know, no shout out to Shep, because I was going to give a shout out to Shep, and no shout out to Shep. No shout out no to shout Shep. No shout out to Shep. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, but I just, like, people love, I. this is the thing. I used to always say I will not sacrifice my comfort for anybody else, and I lied to myself for years and did that, right? You know where I'm at in life now. This is this has never been more true than right now. Like if you're having an awful day, let's get through it. And if you don't want to get through it, cool. But you have to keep that shit over there for me. Mm-hmm. Cause I've carried I've carried a lot. <laughs> like like I've carried things that 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 I don't even want to speak of because it I it just stayed on me. Like I had I, I had this masseuse um that I didn't want touching me, uh, that was standing next to me at a party, <laughs> right? 
and, and she touches my shoulder, right? She goes, oh, my God. She goes, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, what do you mean? First of all, I'm like, ma'am, <laughs> come on. Like, you can't say those kinds of things loud and then be touching me. And she goes, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, like, did you kill somebody? I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, I've never felt this amount of stress in someone's shoulders in my life. And she goes, I work on athletes for a living. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just my shoulders, man. I don't know what the fuck you want me to tell you right now. And she's like, what are you carrying? Like, well, Talk to somebody. And I'm like, ah. I, the whole car ride home, I was like, damn, am I uh Do I need to talk right, to somebody? Right, right, right. Like, like, damn, I knew I was kind of fucked up, but I didn't know it was, I didn't know it was physical. I, I thought it was all up in the old noggin that was going to seep out when I got dementia where I tell everybody in my life how much I hated them throughout my life. Is this going to manifest right, itself right, in right. me dying? Right, right. <laughs> like, the whole car ride home, I, no music, <laughs> like, windows up, like, nothing nothing penetrating the, the, the iron throne that I am on. You are just sitting there just like right right so that as a long story less long that trend that that transfer of energy is is like critically important because people don't know when they're doing it to you and then you keep those people in your life because you love them or you keep those people in your life because they're your boss and you never check it and all you do is eat it i dude i am these last two months of my life no 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 Miss me with that. If I'll have a great time with you. I'll even talk to you about bad things. But we gotta, we can't, we can't, because in in a way, it's passively aggressive too. Where it's like, you know what? I'm having a, a shitty day. So here, here goes. You, why don't you catch some? Let me drag you yeah, yeah. into yeah, it. Yeah. Why don't you? Nah. No. 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 We cannot do that to each other, man. I saw for three months some of the darkest days of my life, and every. Every evening at 5 o'clock, I had to wipe that shit off my face because I had to go see my son. I had to go pick up my son from daycare, and I promised him I wasn't going to do that to him. And so I, I, I sat there, and I ate it, and I was like, all right, you can be sad, but as soon as the clock strikes 4.30, get your ass in that car and go, go make sure your baby's smiling. Like, we got to treat each other like that, bro. Like, we can't. Like, yeah, I, I'll confide in you, and I have, when things are bad. But I'm not bringing bad stuff to your doorstep every day. Like, if you have those friends, they're not your friends. I, like, I agree like, with like, that. Like, some people, just because you put time in with people doesn't mean, like, you should rock with them still. Like, that no new friend shit, that's trash. I got a bunch of new friends. <laughs> I got some people I have, ex- I have moved off old Gulf Island because you got to, like, your, your mental well-being is more important than I ever, ever ever thought it would be like I knew I was carrying a lot of stuff and then when I couldn't handle it is when I realized I was carrying too much and that every day of like people not especially in our community you know people not saluting each other or people not saying hey man I see you doing your thing and I rock with you it's as simple as that or saying hello on an elevator these kinds of things like we've been forced to put on so much armor so much armor and you don't realize how heavy that burden is. Because you know what? You forget to take that shit off when you go to bed. And I'll be damned at this stage of my life if I'm going to go to bed angry anymore. I, I uh, talked about it a little bit on the air. There's this, again, going back to school. I was in this class. I was in a, uh, like a women's studies rhetoric class. And we were talking about masculinity. And so there was this whole study about what's called the lonely man. 
what how America American men as they grow older become lonely. I heard you talking about this. It's yeah. I'm, I'll send you the link yeah. so you can hear the yeah. podcast. Um, all I know is that I listened to it and I saw like I heard, oh my god, this awesome. is you. Yeah. This is what you do. Yeah, like man. you. So I, I said that uh, when you invited me over for for the basketball, mm-hmm. like I jumped at it yeah, man. because I'm. Cause I'm, you know, Jay, you know me. I know. Like I'm, I, know. I want to go do my job and go home. Yeah. And I need to stop doing that. I need to. There's things in between those. Right. That that yeah. I I have been yeah. living on the extreme yeah. of that margin, yeah. and a lot of men do it, and it actually it it is harmful. Yes. It it is it is why the suicide rates for mm-hmm. men are starting to go up and up and up. Pancreatic so, cancer and absolutely. all these things. Like yeah. all this stuff that, that we've been doing. So I'm trying to I'm trying to be better. And the, the thing that really got to me was that what we end up doing is dumping all of our stuff on our significant other. For sure. Like all of our social stuff. Like, and I found myself going, wait a minute, Mel's like, she's like my planner. Mm-hmm. Like she's the one that's saying, Okay, you need to go do this and this and this and and I'm like, oh, that's not fair yeah. to her. It's acquired helplessness. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm I'm really <laughs> so I understand completely what you're saying, and it's uh, we got to be something else for each other than what we've been. Like what we've been isn't good enough, and what I mean by that is even if you think it's been great, it ain't good enough. Like we gotta. It's okay to try to get better, man. Like I, I've, I finally realized that in my life that it's okay to smile. It's okay to, it's okay to, like I like, I like music. I like liquor. <laughs> I go out and experience liquor and music quite often. Oh, those are great things. And you know what? I always get home safely. I do my damn job. I've not called off a single day because I was doing something at night. My pops told me as, as a dude, hey, man at night, man in the morning, right? So. These, there are certain things, like there's certain tenets and certain principles that we all have to abide by so we can try to be as honorable as we need to be. But at the same time, it's okay to let that shit down, man. It's okay to, it's okay to smile. Like it's okay. To, we don't always have to be so tough. And in a world that's going, you know, we don't know how many days we got, right? Nobody does. Like, I know what they're going to say about me when I'm gone. He, he had a good time. He had a good time, and he did everything that he planned on doing. Simple as that. And there might be some people along the way who might not have liked it, who might not have rocked with it, but they they will have to ever have respected it because I've, I've, never, I've never been anything more than I said I was or showed you I was. No matter how high or how low you think that is, I've never tried it because I've, I've always thought, man, you know, nobody's lived the life that I lived, good or bad. Highs and lows. So this is what I got. This is what it is. And the people who've been around me for a long time, I appreciate them. I tell them I appreciate I tell them I, lo- I tell people I love them all the time. I call people my brother and people think it's just like slang. No, I call you that because I appreciate you. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. But, I mean, we've been brothers for like 20 yeah. years. So. Yeah, man. You know, I'm an honorary is. golf. So. Yeah, you already know. You already know. Which is great. I didn't get a chance to ask you, and I know your time is limited. No, I'm I'm good. I got I got some time. I got. Mm-hmm. I ain't gotta pick the baby up for a minute. What's uh? What's it like to partner up with Anthony Heron? That dude. Uh, I what's was it su- like to not go to movies with him? <laughs> He's a sucker. <laughs> He's a fucking sucker for that man. Like, yeah, dude, that that text message situation was was complete BS. 
I asked this man, I told this man, hey, you know, we want to go hang out. You know, I'm going to get my, my car fixed. And after that, we're going to see what's up. And I didn't get a sounds good. I didn't get a cool. I didn't get nothing. And then the next day, I, I stood him up, apparently. I'm like, dude, you got to, like, I know. Confirm. Yeah, exactly. I, you, shit, you ain't living in Bolingbrook that long. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, you from Inglewood. Cut it out. Like, I got to get a 10-4 before I, you ain't coming over to nobody's house without announcing themselves, right? And they could end up bad <laughs> Exactly. So, nah, Real but no. Real bad. Anthony is, um, Anthony's a star, man. Um, Anthony is as, you know what Anthony is for me on a, on a level that it won't be the same because I'm older and I didn't grow up with him. But Anthony for me is like what Doug was when I was, when I was coming up, uh, a dude who I respect because of how he works at it in a realm where dudes who have accomplished what he's accomplished don't have to work at it. You know what I mean? Like guys, there are a lot of athletes who don't work at this, who are, are, are higher up in media. Anthony is grinding and doing it because he wants people not only to recognize it, but there's a certain there's a certain dog show aspect to, to Anthony as well. Like Anthony's got a certain amount of confidence that will that will like I like to call him dudes like that a truth teller. Like Anthony comes into a room, you're gonna find out who's what and and how comfortable and secure you are in what you've done. You know, and and how you're going to have a conversation with Anthony challenges me every day, and I need it. Um, Anthony is the the balance to the show that we do, right? Because I wake up and I'm I'm ready to rock and roll, and Anthony provides that that experience as a player, but also that balance in terms of like he's the grown up on the show. I rock. He's very measured. Yeah, right. And I as I try to get him to open up, you know, he tries to get me to calm down with our couple that way. But I respect Anthony Heron uh, to the utmost because he's he is there's nothing that he isn't ready for. He reminds me, and I, I guess they were probably teammates, or he and Bowen te- mm-hmm. teammates mm-hmm. in it, Green it, Bay. It, it, no, I'm in Iowa. Oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Bowen maybe, was maybe a Matt's senior. A little okay. Bowen so was a senior when he was a freshman, I believe. I it, we his, just had Matt on the other day. His grind reminds me so much yeah. of Matt's. Yeah, where. You want some real shit? Yeah. Like, you they want some... They're going to give it to you. Yeah. Do you really want to yeah. know? They're going to insult you. Right. Yeah. They're going to elevate you. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I felt like what Matt Bowen... Truth teller. Used to, yeah, like, they, they bring elevate. it out of you. Like, here's, yeah. here's what actually happened. Yeah. I know you think you know what happened, right. but here's what actually happened. Right. Whenever I see him on uh, NFL Edge, I just sit I'm there proud, and man. absorb. Yeah. Because it's... I mean... I, this I did the, dude I, went back to school. Yeah. Matt, you talk about my master's degree. Matt Bowen has a master's degree mm-hmm. in English. Yeah, he he's out there was toiling like was working, writing, working, doing his thing, and now you see him like be where where he's supposed to be, where where and that's uh, that's all it is, man. Like, and, and that's how I feel about Anthony. Like I think that I think that we have been lucky the fact that he grew up a score fan. And that he he has been generous with the score that, that he has popped up here in our laps. It's gonna be a good summer for him. Facts. Like I'm, I me Anthony and I uh, talk quite often. It's, he is um, he is on the rise. They he are, should be. Pac-12 Network knows what they have in him. Uh, Sirius XM knows what they have in him. Um, Fox knows what they have in him. He is. 
And he's not a guy that, that is only a football guy either. Nope. Like he'll, you know, he's he's. I think he, sometimes he's a bigger fan of basketball than than football, because uh, he grew up playing basketball. But Anthony is Anthony's a star, man. Anthony is everything that I would, if I was an athlete, want to be as a broadcaster. He's got the gravitas. He can put a sentence together. He's got the experience for you, and there's a certain comfort that you have around him. He's probably done a lot more than you have, but you don't feel like it because he's just talking to you. His his personality is is very uh, intriguing. He, he's 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 a guy that you want to hear talk about things. So I'm I've been blessed uh, to to get a chance to work with him for the last eight months, and every every morning we um we uh, we build a new house as we call it because our our producer Tony Landry is sitting on a, mo- a mountain of sound that he just never uses, <laughs> just, just fucking just doesn't press a button, just thinks that music is all he needs. Just play the yeah, sound. Yeah, 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 that's it. Six, we get, what, we got talking for 53 minutes, Tone. Like, can you, can you, can you put a little vignette or something together for us? Give us a little bit of a break out here, fam. It's a press conference, <laughs> right, for right, God's right, sakes. Right, right, And that's the thing, we don't run, we don't run a lot of sound because we, we sitting there talking all, all morning, but nah, man, I've, I've, uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed working with Anthony. Anthony is a, a professional, and if Anthony was a quarterback, Anthony would have a midday show or an afternoon show in this city. I agree with you. The compliment I, I'd like to pay you both, I think you both carry yourselves regally. <laughs> You 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 walk. That's just because of the chains. No, I mean the, the chains are great. You both walk and talk regally. Yeah. You carry yourself as if you're on a higher plane, but you are still willing to engage with anyone. And I think that's where the the regalness mm. it shows up. Mm. That. You're right about the way that Anthony makes people feel. He's interested in what you're yeah, doing. For real. But that's a real fucking man. Yeah, too. no, no, yeah. That's a grown he's, ass yeah, man. Yeah, he's not he's not to be trifled with. And 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 honestly, like the, the two of you, like just the way you stand. I'm serious. I'm trying to give you a compliment. I appreciate you, bro. Just the way you both stand, it it comes off in a very regal <laughs> nature. And I think that I love the show. Like I listen oh, to you, it man. a lot, <clears throat> and it. I get stuff. I'm like, oh, you know, they're talking about this. Some of it, like I'm not the hugest Big Ten fan, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter. I like you both, so yeah, yeah. I'm listening because I yeah, know we, that the, you guys the, are gonna. The backdrop is Big Ten uh, stuff, but we have our conversations and we do our little weird tie-ins. Like if a dude even sniffed a Big Ten school, we're gonna talk about the news of the day and that mess works. around and tie it in. Um, and they give us they give us enough leeway to do what we do, but yeah, I've I've enjoyed it, man. I mean, I get up in the morning, go uh go get a cup of coffee, and, and start my day at the kitchen table. And three hours later, we got a show. So I, I I've enjoyed working with him and Tony Landry and our guy Sean Robinson before him and Patrick Shuck and Mike Mazavinsky, the program director of the station, Steve Cohen. Uh, everybody's you know serious is serious has really come through. A couple of different times in my career, and I cannot be more thankful and more grateful because they didn't have to. The moment, the moment things happened uh, at the score, they were on the phone and like, "Hey, let's let's do what we got to do." I'm like, "All right, I appreciate you." You know, it was in that moment I needed to feel wanted, and you know, my ego needed to be stroked, and I needed it, and I got it, and 
they'll they'll always be <clears throat> they'll always be they'll always kind of be like like Atlanta was for me, where mm-hmm. it's like Atlanta is always going to be like like a second home, even though I only I was only there for two years. That that town really embraced me and took care of me as an out of towner. Like Sirius has always had that vibe where it's like. You know, in some HBO drama or something, like the guy has to run away or loses his way and he can find his way at that, you know, that house on the side of the road. And then they're always going to take care of you. And then you go back on your way doing whatever you're doing. Like, that's that's how. Was it, um, did you watch uh, Boardwalk Empire? Yeah. Where, when, remember when um, <clears throat> Chalky White ran away with the, the mistress after his, his daughter got shot? And he went to Lou Gossett Jr.'s house. <laughs> Lou Gossett Jr. was out there being old and, and, and cantankerous. But come on in here Yeah, but anyway. come on in. Yeah, we'll take care of you. That's what serious has been for me, and I appreciate them. Are you happy? Dude, I, I, Lawrence, I, when I tell you, I have not been as fulfilled as I am right now in a very long time. Like, you, throughout my, 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 um, Jason's mom's, Jason's mom's pregnancy, we had a tough go of it. You know, we had all those hospital stays, and Jason was born seven weeks early. Like, even those good times, it was supposed to be good times. It was always, like, something around it, right? What happened with <clears throat> Atlanta and all these things, coming back here and uh, the midday show and wanting to stay on the midday show and being asked to go to the afternoons and being, you know, worrisome about that and then, like all the things that have happened, like these last six years for me has always felt like something is happening, right? Like something good is happening, but there's some there's some shit happening too, right? And then you got to get on air and put on a good face and do your job because nobody gives a fuck. The, these last six weeks of my life have been as as happy as I've been in a long time. And I'm worried about it. No, stop worrying about it. Live in the along. Yeah. but That's what Gwendolyn Brooks said. Live in the along. You're in the along now. It's okay. I'm struggling with this too (laughs) because I'm really happy. And it's why Mel put the kibosh on me doing anything after the master's degree. Because she's like, just, you know. Just chill. Just Just relax yourself. Jay, I straight up texted Mel. I was at home one afternoon. After your know, school, I was done with all the schoolwork. I was still waiting on graduation, the new show, and I was just sitting on the corner of the bed. <laughs> and I texted her, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. And she's like, take a nap. Yeah. Watch television. Yeah. Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> it's basically right, right, what right, you're saying. You're a grown yeah, ass right, man. Right. Why are you playing on my phone? Stop playing on my phone. Was the first couple of weeks that I didn't have to do two two shows a day, I I felt like that too. Like where you're like, am I being productive? You know, and and especially in our that's in, what it is in our community. Um, sleep is looked at as something for Weakness, the weak. Yes, yeah, and that's sucker shit because people who need to be productive, need to go to sleep. <laughs> right? And in both of our... Jay, that's the thing. In both of our worlds. Yeah. In in the black community mm-hmm. and in the sports community. Yeah. It's the same bullshit. Yeah. Because I only, I only sleep four hours a night. Yeah. That's why you're a shitty coach. <laughs> 
I get into the facility at 345 and your team went and four do, and 12. And do what? Right. right what what right. are you doing? <laughs> Sleep a couple extra hours. Right, you're just watching tape on your bullshit strategy. It's awful. <laughs> no, I, yeah, yeah, I've, I, I've been sleeping more, which is something I haven't been able to do for a very long time. Uh, shout out to that mattress firm gift card, boy. Let, yeah. let me tell you something. Yeah, at, they, they, they yanked. Everything for a little while, cause whoo, when that when that Xfinity bill came through and it wasn't the endorsement no more, I was like, who the fuck ordered all this bullshit? Like, I, I don't need no home alarm system. I got three rooms in this bitch. What? Like, what? Ain't no upstairs and downstairs camera. Send that shit back. But that that I got a ten thousand dollar gift card from Mattress Firm before everything hit the fan. Whoo, doggies! I have never. Never. That's my playground. I can't wait to go to bed. Shout out to Mattress Firm. Man, shout out every single one of you, even though it might be a ring. (laughs) Okay, so look. (laughs) Mess around. Yeah, no. Shout out to Mattress Firm. We love you, Mattress Firm. Uh, So so look, (laughs) if I call this episode... I've been debating what to call this because you this know, motherfucker's smiling. That's that's the name of the episode. No, I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. You're the first person who's ever come back to House of L, which is I think apropos. I was about to say, are you getting motherfuckers knocked off? Like what? No, no, no. People losing their gigs when they talk to you. That's what it is. I set the I set the bad tone. Is what I did. No. Motherfuckers thought they were gonna have to come on here and cry every goddamn time. Do you know that your two episodes <laughs> has has been ten percent? Of the total listenership of House of L. Yeah? Yes. Maybe I should start doing this shit. Yes! <laughs> Detox album. But here, here's here's where I'm struggling, Jay. Mm-hmm. I want to call the episode Jason Goff Returns. But oh. if I do that... Oh, do that, though. Do that. Yeah? So that everybody thinks I'm coming back to the score. Ah. And then you get all the... And then they'll have to get an hour and 32 minutes into it <laughs> before they realize <laughs> that that shit ain't happening. <laughs> yeah. I can, I just Not, see the, at least in the immediate future. I can just see like the person be like, mother... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the worst tease ever. <laughs> or the best Yeah, tease. yeah. You, hey, man, we had we had lunch in Atlanta, was it, five years ago. Mm-hmm. You told me what was going to happen, and it happened. Yeah, man. Yeah. The Ford and Bross came back. Oh, cut it out. It's good. Cut it out. Cut it out. You you hate when I throw my my yeah. literary yeah. bullshit at you. Shit at you, yeah, because you know I don't fuck it. I didn't read it then, and I'm not gonna read it now. I just think that it's pretty apropos. As long as you say, as long as it's not disrespect, I'm cool with it. No, 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 I'll not at all. With you. I know it's he not disrespect. I know it's not disrespect. I'm messing with you. No, nah, man, I got some people I need you to um, talk to as well. On the pot? No. Just oh, in life. In okay. Period. Yeah. Shout out to my people over at Rock Nation Sports. There's something very, very interesting getting ready to happen this summer. All right. Yeah. I've got time. <laughs> we all do. And a network. We all do. We all do. This is the thing, man. Anybody who's listening to this podcast, by the way, thank you for listening for the length of time that you've been listening. But, man, like, make sure, one, you got something to look forward to every day. Two, you tell somebody that you care about how awesome they are because, like, Things that have turned around for me, I'm giving I'm giving homeless people twenty dollars a pop now. Like shit is. Shit I mean, is you were Jay. I was doing that when I was You were broke. doing yeah, that yeah, before, yeah, yeah. so. I mean, <laughs> but it, it feels different you're, now. You're a pretty generous, dude. So <laughs> no, I dude, I I I hadn't answered that question, like if I'm happy, because only my mom and my sister have asked me that. Um, but I didn't answer them when they asked me because I don't know how to answer. But yeah, yeah, man, I'm I'm happy. I'm doing what I love doing. And there's been a little bit of a weight 
feel like this I, I feel like it's been lifted off of me and I think I'm the best host that I've ever been and I was probably only 50% of what I'm going to be it's amazing yeah I appreciate you coming back on the podcast. My man, anytime. You know that, my brother. I mean, you're you're always welcome, and people love hearing from you. I, I and mean, they love hearing from us. Yeah. They know. They know what it is. It's pretty great. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They know what it is. I mean, let's be honest. It's all love. Like, you and I have conversations, and it doesn't feel – it doesn't. You, you're the one of the few people I can open up to and be okay with it because I know – it's in, a, it's in a trusted place. I feel the same way. I was telling Sierra. Uh, she, I said, you know, we should all, like, go get drinks. And, and I said, look, if I if I say that we should go get drinks, that is a significant thing. Oh, that's a, that's, that, that, is a, that is a real step because back yeah, – I, I used to try to get you out, and it wasn't happening. You know my rule. <laughs> my rule is I got to really like you to drink with you. I got to love you to get drunk in front of you, and you're like the only person who's seen me Let's drunk. Let's go. Let's so, go. <laughs> so I said to Sierra, because I like Sierra quite a bit yeah. too, I'm like, we should just go and – and have some drinks. And I said, don't take that invitation lightly. Like, if I <laughs> understand if, the gravity. Yes. If, if, if I make that suggestion, that's that's a real thing. Layla's going to roll with us. Yeah. And, um, and get, we'll go over to Lou's place at Ively. Lou Canellis is Greek oh, restaurant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He yeah, just yeah. told me about that. Nah, it's, it's real. Lou is, uh, Lou's, Lou's, Lou's done very well. Lou's the king. He like, really low key. Like, like a lot of people want to, you know, talk about suits and all these other things and being bombastic. That man is out here living every a, a real, single day. <laughs> a real life. I saw him at, at uh, Kevin Cross's fiftieth uh, birthday party, and we were talking. Like, I interned for Lou, like a long, like when I first mm-hmm. started in the business. Uh, Lou's a G. He's an OG. Yeah. Like people have no idea yeah. his level of OGness. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people who. who um, who allow themselves to be presented to you, and then there's people who get presented by others and lose one of those guys. Well, Jay, this was fantastic. Hey, man. I'm glad you didn't cry. I did not. But if you would have wanted to, that would have been fine, too. I was cool the whole time. There's nothing nothing to cry about right now. (laughs) Life is good. Um, Life is is really good. Life's going to be even better this Friday. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm being Wrigleyville for a very special reason. Oh, really? Yeah, right there on the corner. There's a very special store that I made a very special purchase from. Okay. Wait. Oh, really? Yeah. No! Yeah. Yeah, I'm in my old man shit now. (laughs) Dude! Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, that'll be the next time. (laughs) Yeah, that'll be the next podcast. I mean, I guess guess we both have those kind of, because you have that, and then I have the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We are really turning into old white men. Yeah. We really are. And the, the, the transformation was, was necessary to be successful in this business. Huh? <laughs> hey, all my brothers out there, don't, don't take that literally. I don't want Gene or Terrence to come after me. Uh, no, from facts. Because <laughs> they're coming. Yeah, I don't want no problems with Gene. Because these boys, those boys are coming. Hey, let me tell you, Gene, every time I see Gene, I'm, I'm hoping that it's not a problem. I've never, ever, ever disrespected him, but he always... Gene's always got to look like if it if he, it if it's, if it's going to happen, stay it's ready, gonna happen. stay ready, all star. Whereas Terrence is like a cool, you know, kind of resting faces. Look, we're talking about the bigs, by the way. But Gene and Terrence, those dudes, it's those funny my guys. Those my guys. They're basically like they're us. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. But they're like a more yeah serious yeah. like yeah. amplified yeah. version yeah. 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 of yeah. us. And yeah, those I boys. love yeah. it. Yeah. Those boys. Those boys are. Those boys are rule breakers, figuratively yeah. and literally. It was like it's like they they looked at the shit that we oh yeah 
And they were like, it won't be us right, right. that that shit happens right. to. <laughs> right. If, there if, will be repercussions if, if, and consequences. If me and you are like, um, uh, most deaf and Talib, those two are dead prez. Facts. <laughs> like, like, to the hardcore. They're so, I can't wait for their, like, thing oh, it's going to. Up. It's, it's happening. It, it's it's going to happen. whole list of just yeah, great, happen. like, awesome blackness that is getting ready to happen. <laughs> that's going to be the name of the school. album. Oh, my God. I think that's the name. That should be the name of their podcast. <laughs> Don't do that to them. And they should put Shake on it, too. Don't and do And then that. it would just be us. fantastic. It would. It would. All right. You got stuff right, to do. Thank my you, my dude. Appreciate you, baby. I love you all the time. You I know love that. You forever. 3,000, as they say in Avengers. I love you, 3,000. There it is. Jason's got to go, and I've got to finish up the pod. <laughs> it's done. That was the outstanding Jason Goff. I always thought that what would happen is, is I would do like a round robin of people. <laughs> I would do a round robin before I got back, and then I realized there are too many people in Chicago media that I have to talk to before I can invite people back. So Jason was like, how about I? How about you let me on the podcast again? Since the last time you had me on there, I was crying. And I felt that that was fair and a valid criticism by him. So there it is. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. I know that people love to hear from Jason, so I'm glad that I could give the people what they wanted and have Jason on the podcast again because, quite honestly, like he moves the meter. People love to hear from them. All right, now to your emails, and you can email the show or the podcast or whatever you want to call it. I guess it's a show inside a podcast. You can email us at houseoflpodcast at gmail.com. This is from Alex, who says, is Loho Daily going to be on Spotify? That's the other podcast that I do daily. I'm an Android guy, and Spotify is where I hear all my stuff. I love the latest episode with Keisha Howard. Inspired me to get back into gaming. Well, Keisha was on House of L, so I feel like you're a little bit confused, Alex, because House of L is on Spotify. You should be able to hear it on Spotify. So here's another good reminder. I do multiple podcasts. The one that you're listening to is called House of L, and it focuses primarily on talking with media people about how they do their jobs. You know, it's kind of a little bit more of an industry thing than it is anything else. The other podcast that I do is called Loho Daily, and it happens every weekday, Monday through Friday. I do that one. That one's on Radio.com, but I mean, it's also on Apple and a couple other places. That's more sports-driven. It's an interesting Venn diagram, but it's a little bit more sports-driven. This one is more journalism-driven. And Keisha, her episode was on House of L a couple episodes back. I know it's a lot of content for me to ask you to consume and keep straight, but that's the way that you can keep it straight. House of L is long-form, and it's once every two weeks. Loho Daily is daily during the week. Although occasionally I do come in and record something on a Sunday. We've run out of space here at the score as we remodel. So getting studio time anytime is very, very difficult. Very difficult. But hopefully that clears things up for you, Alex. This from Peter. Hi, Lawrence. I'm from South Carolina. 
left Chicago in 09, catch up with you all on my return visits. Enjoying the discovery of your podcast. Over 60-so podcasts not in my wheelhouse. Well, that's, I mean, it should be in your wheelhouse. You should be sitting around listening to different podcasts. Listening to you, episode two, part two, a natural guest would seem to be Dan Zampillo. Well, you're in luck because Dan Zampillo was on the podcast. If you go back through the history of the podcast, you will find him. He's one of the earlier episodes of the podcast. He's one of the first people that I wanted to get on the podcast. So you are in luck. Since there's 60, now 66 episodes of House of L, I behoove you, before you email me and make a suggestion about having someone on, that you check the list and see if that person has already been on. Because there's a decent chance, not a good chance, but a decent chance that that person has already been on the podcast. Now, that's not to say that we won't have them on again, but if you didn't hear the first interview, then you should listen to the first interview. And then we can figure out if we're going to have that person on again. And Jason kind of broke the seal on us having people on for a second time, which is a very, very good thing. All right. I'm glad I got to cover some ground with some things. Thanks for listening to this episode. See, I didn't break it up into two parts. You got to enjoy it all the way through. Big thanks to Jason Goff. You can check him out on Big Ten Network Monday through Fridays with Big Ann Heron, 6 a.m. to 9. He's also killing it over at ESPN now. It's just a matter of time before our boy went national, and he's about to go national in a big way. Thanks for listening. Be back in two weeks with another episode. Hey!